Welcome to Citizen Talk, the show that's restoring prudence to politics. I'm Juan Davalos. And I'm Lynette Grunvig, and this is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And you can also hear us on SoundCloud or iTunes or even now on YouTube, now that we're doing video. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so welcome back. We're still here on lockdown. So again, if you're just listening to us, the audio is probably not perfect, but you can <laughs> still hear us. Um, I'm here in Hillsdale. Lynette is in... Colorado. Colorado. That's right. And uh, our guest today is actually here in Michigan as well. But again, thanks to our governor, I'm not able to uh, <laughs> to meet with him in person. Uh, but our guest today, he's been here uh, part of the show uh, before. Uh, Dr. Paul Ray is a professor at uh, Hillsdale College. He teaches classes both in the undergraduate and graduate level, classes both in history and uh, as well for the politics department. Uh, welcome back to our show, Dr. Ray. Pleasure to be with you again. Dr. Ray, so uh, it's, it's great to have you because you have such a broad knowledge of history and yes. a broad knowledge of uh, also of politics and uh, also of geopolitics and especially China. Um, so we wanted to bring you back to our show to share with us a little bit. Uh, you recently wrote a couple of articles uh, for Ricochet, uh, and in one of them, you're you're uh, very critical of the governor of Michigan. Uh, I, I I I have to say the title of this article because it's absolutely my favorite. Uh, the article is "The Wicked Witch of the Midwest." And uh, basically, you end the article saying that if you would be the director in a movie, uh, you would cast her as a prison warden because that's really <laughs> the only position that a mean-spirited woman like uh, like Governor Widmer is suited for. Uh, so if, I wanted uh, to get a little bit your, if you could develop that a little bit for us, uh, what do you see that has been going on in Michigan and, and uh, Gretchen Widmer's uh, actions on it? Okay, um, I, I'm thinking about writing a blog post uh, to follow up called The Michigan Moron. <laughs> um, um, uh, the, the, uh, what she's done recently is extended the lockdown to May 15th. Uh, some of the more absurd aspects of her last extension of the lockdown, that you couldn't buy paint at a Walmart or Steed, but you could buy state lottery tickets, um, uh, have been eliminated. Uh, some of the things that were laughable and uh, revealing the desire to control every aspect of people's lives in an arbitrary way have been eliminated. But there's something else about the extension of the lockdown, because the rationale uh, for the original lockdowns nationwide was to flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. uh, the fear was that um, our hospitals and our healthcare system would be overwhelmed by a surge in uh, COVID-19 cases. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, not even in New York City, interestingly enough, where things have been pretty awful. Not even in Detroit, where things are not good. Um, perhaps in part because of the lockdown, but it's hard to say. The original lockdown was aimed at, um, not at eliminating the disease, but at spreading out the uh, infection. Uh, and 
but in this latest um, uh, missive, uh, executive order from uh, Governor Whitmer, there's a new goal. So what we're witnessing is mission creep. And I think that this is happening elsewhere as well. Hmm. Uh, and the notion is you have to keep the lockdown going until we either have a virus, uh, a, a, a vaccine for the virus, or we have massive testing so that we can um, isolate the people who are infected or who have had close contact with those infected. Uh, that would mean in practice that we'd never end the lockdown. Mm -hmm. right. um, this is a huge country. Uh, you can't test 330 million people. Uh, you can't test 100 million people. Uh, that option is not open to us. So the goal is now utopian, and there is a direct connection between utopian goals and tyrannical means. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing in the state of Michigan. Now, let me say a little bit about what it looks like in the state of Michigan. 80 to 88% of the people who die are located in uh, Detroit and in the counties around Detroit. I think three, com common, uh, three counties in, in specifically, right? There's three right, well, the, 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 the crucial counties are Wayne County, where Detroit is, but Wayne County extends outside of Detroit as well. That's the worst of them. Hmm. Oakland County to the north of Detroit, where you have rather nice suburbs. Uh, Macomb County, which is a working class county, the home of the Reagan uh, Democrats, uh, <laughs> to the southeast of Detroit. And I would add Washtenaw County, where Ann Arbor and the University of Michigan are, and, uh, and maybe Genesee County north of that. Uh, these counties have this in common, the Detroit International Airport. Uh, and the Detroit International Airport connects the automobile industry worldwide. And one of the things to understand, to understand Michigan, is that Chrysler is owned by Fiat in Northern Italy. <laughs> so there are frequent flights to Milan, right to the epicenter of the outbreak of the coronavirus in Italy. There are also, um, uh, Detroit is uh, the home to, to uh, it's a hub of Delta, but that part of Delta is largely inherited from an airline called Northwest Orient, hmm. which was the major American airline flying to the Far East. So the consequence is there are direct flights from Detroit to Shanghai, which is not hmm. very far from Wuhan, uh, and when, when Americans were flown out of Wuhan, they were flown to Detroit. Mm. So if you, were, if you worked in the Detroit airport, you were, uh, and, 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 or if you were in, um, if you were doing screening <laughs> in the Detroit airport as people checked in for flights and so forth, you were very likely exposed to the coronavirus. Huh. Uh, and uh, look, who travels? Well, people from Oakland County have money and travel. 
People from the University of Michigan have go off and give talks. Add to this the fact that people go away for Christmas and come back, and that um, Chinese graduate students <laughs> at the University of Michigan and Michigan State fly out of the Detroit airport and fly back into the Detroit airport. So there's this huge concentration there. There are other counties, and it's about a third of the counties, where there hasn't been a single death. Right. Okay. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer's program, from the beginning and continuing to this day, treats every corner of the state in the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, I do not know whether it makes sense for there to be a continued lockdown in Detroit and the Collard Counties. Uh, because the only justification for the lockdown uh, is the impact on the healthcare system, whether it gets overwhelmed. Uh, what I can say in a positive way is it makes no sense to have a lockdown anywhere else except possibly Kent County, where Grand Rapids is and the Grand Rapids Airport <laughs> is, where you do get a concentration of cases and deaths. Remember, the lockdown is not going to prevent people from getting the coronavirus. It's going to delay it, one hopes, and spread the cases out over time so that the healthcare system can manage. Now, let me add one other thing that's very important. Uh, one of the things that is banned is elective surgery. Um, uh, it might make sense to ban elective surgery for a couple weeks if you're afraid the healthcare system is going to be overwhelmed. It is insane to ban elective surgery for six weeks and, and maybe as long as two months. Yeah. Because people are in pain and the elective surgery isn't elective in the sense that um, uh, getting a nose job is elective, that it could be done anytime, the whole thing could be put off. It's something generally that people need and they badly need, but it doesn't matter whether it's this week or next week. I have had elective surgery a couple of times because I've had two different kinds of cancer. Uh, it was important that it be done in a timely fashion. It was not important that it be done today or tomorrow. That's the situation. So people are apt to die yeah. because of the denial of medical care that is part of this um, uh, edict from the governor. Uh, so it's not only insane, it is dangerous. Now, I haven't mentioned the economy at all, but right. you know, pe right. people live off of the economy. They have jobs. Uh, they cannot sustain themselves in the long run without these jobs. Yeah. Can you shut down the economy for a couple of weeks without it being a disaster? Arguably, yes, if there is a kind of federal aid that helps people get through it. Can you shut it down for six weeks, two months, three months, on the utopian expectation that there's going to be a vaccine or you're going to have a testing regime that can take care of everything. Yeah. It's nuts. So 
she really deserves to be called the Michigan moron. Uh, let me add one other thing about Gretchen Whitmer. My expectation is that she will be chosen to be the vice presidential nominee of the Democratic Party. Put yourself in the position of Joe Biden. Actually, go back. Put yourself in the position of Barack Obama. Why did he pick Joe Biden? Well, he needed a vice president, and he needed a vice president um, who would not overshadow him. In other words, Barack Obama had two years of experience in Washington. Right. Uh, he had really no knowledge. It would have been very easy if he'd picked a senior person who'd been around the block and who had brains uh, for that senior person to overshadow him. Uh, so what does he do? He picked the dumbest guy of a certain generation, a man who had run for the presidency repeated times that had never won a primary, uh, who had a kind of nice personal style um, but nobody was going to think, gee, I wish he were president. Okay, now Joe Biden's in that situation, and he's senile. Uh, he doesn't know what state he's in. He doesn't know what office he's running for. He doesn't know what powers that office has uh, from day to day. He can't remember the Declaration of Independence. We are talking about uh, a guy who has lost it. Uh, and I don't mean to condemn him for having lost it. Right. At that age, who knows what shape I will be in. I forget things now. What will I be like um, seven, eight years from now? Um, but if he were to pick Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> everyone would know she had contempt for him, uh, and she would run circles around him. You can't have that. Uh, Klobuchar, similar problem. Uh, so who's left? Well, Gretchen Whitmer's the Michigan moron. <laughs> She's from Michigan. That might give you some notion that you'd have a chance to take Michigan if you put her on the ticket, uh, which if you could, if that worked out that way, that would be a very good thing for you. She's the co-chairman of Biden's campaign. She will be quiet and supportive. She's never had any experience in Washington. She's not gonna, uh, nobody's gonna think she knows anything. Uh, so she's, she's in some ways the perfect choice. And news reports are that they are conferring about her policy in Michigan. Wow. Which is to say, this policy is designed to set her up to be the vice presidential nominee. She will have saved lives in Michigan. Um, so we're being made to pay for her presidential campaign. Um, and the whole country uh, is being made to pay for the utopian pretension that we can save large numbers of lives. This thing is going to spread. There is no herd immunity. Uh, uh, lots and lots of people will get it. It will be, many more people will get it than get the flu. It is not more dangerous than the flu. That is to say the percentage of people who get it, who die from it, won't be greater. But 
given that more people will get it, the numbers of people who are going to die uh, is high. Uh, now, who are these people? Uh, again, I've looked at the Michigan statistics, and the Michigan statistics should suggest that, that um, uh, well, look, the, the, the mean in this state is 76 years old. Mm -hmm. So half of the people are older than 76, half of the people are younger than 76. The average is 74.5. Uh, the, the people who are going to get it and die of it are predominantly old people. And if the uh, Italian statistics and the New York statistics mean every, in, anything, they're going to be people with underlying uh, conditions called comorbidities which is to say conditions that are going to kill you fairly soon. Right. Uh, in, in Italy, they said 99%. In New York, they say 94% have one such condition. 88% have two such conditions. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's going to hit a certain population. We can identify that population, and we can try to isolate that population. Otherwise, if you leave aside what it will do to that population, <clears throat> uh, this is not worse than the flu. Uh, so what are we doing? We're committing suicide for fear of death. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not alone. Just about everybody except Sweden is doing this. It means there's going to be a worldwide economic downturn. Uh, and it's going to destroy businesses, destroy lives, uh, result in suicides, and result in people dying for lack of medical care for things other than COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... It, it, sorry, go ahead, Linda. strange thing to me is it feels like we're exchanging lives, basically. If somehow certain people's lives if you're not affected by COVID in this in this thinking are worth less than people's lives who are affected by COVID and I, it just seems like there has been no rational thought put into this at all and I don't even understand doctors and epidemiologists are saying we need to do this but it doesn't feel like they have enough knowledge or a broad enough knowledge to really be making these judgment calls and it, it seems like our politicians don't want to assert leadership in relation to this it's a very strange situation <laughs> no they're they're um they're afraid of being blamed for deaths and the press has hyped this uh now part of the problem is at the beginning we knew nothing and the only things we were being told we were being told by the chinese who lie so you couldn't trust anything that came out of China. Right. Uh, some of what has come out of China is almost certainly true. A fair amount of what has come out of China is almost certainly lies. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we've, we've, the epidemiologists, they have these models. And the trouble with models, they're, 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 they're like computer programs. There's a principle of computer programming. Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> Meaning, the data you feed into the program, if that data is no good, 
what comes out of the program is no good. And so they didn't have any data really. So the original epidemiological models uh, were worthless. And the people in Washington, the people in Britain, and the people elsewhere were depending upon those epidemiological models. Uh, the main one that was used from Imperial College London predicted that if they didn't have a lockdown in Britain, 2.2 million people would die. Then the guy appears before Parliament and says, well, it's only going to be about 20,000. Uh, now, think about making public policy right. when the supposed experts are working with a range between 2.2 million and 20,000. Um, that, that's what we've got here, too. Uh, now, the original decisions were made in light of the um, uh, health facilities in Wuhan being overwhelmed and the health facilities uh, in Italy being overwhelmed. Uh, and it came close to that, I think, in New York City. So it didn't happen. Uh, and you might say it, it didn't happen because of the lockdown, but the lockdown wasn't very serious. Uh, they continued to run the subways. Uh, and they cut the number of trains, so the subways were packed, which meant every time you got on a subway car, you were probably exposed to COVID-19. Uh, and, of course, the subways spread it all over the, over the entire city. So uh, the, the thing wasn't serious. Um, well, Dr. Ray, unfortunately, that's uh, all the time we have uh, on this segment for us uh, today. But uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for being back uh, on Citizen Talk and sharing a little bit of your um, outlook on what's going on, especially here in Michigan. We, yes. we really appreciate it. Um, you've been listening to Citizen Talk, the show that's restoring prudence to politics. I'm Juan Davalos. And I'm Lynette Grenvig, and this is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And you can also hear us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search one word, Citizen Talk. Thank you.